0: Your partner finally pops the question and you are over the moon. But as soon as the dust begins to settle and you begin to think clearly, you remember that you have to select a bridal party and it calls into questions deep-rooted issues you have with your friendships, who ranks in what order, who should be the maid of honor, and for some women, who you're going to even ask to be involved at all because the friendship pool is very small. Today I'm talking to Jen Glantz. She is a writer who's written for some of your favorite publications and she's also the owner of Bridesmaid for Hire, which means women can pay her to be a bridesmaid in their party. And if you're already thinking like, how the heck does that work? She's going to explain it to you. But we talk about two things in today's episode. The first is we do a two-year catch-up because a couple years ago, Jen wrote a piece on me um, for NBC News titled, I Hired a Friendship Coach, and Here's What Happened. So she's a bridesmaid for hire, but she hired me to be her friendship coach in real life. And we kind of catch up so I can see where she is and how things are going. After that conversation, I asked her a little bit about her job and the tender moments, the vulnerable confessions she hears from women as she operates behind the scenes as a bride. Me and playing friend on what is for many a very vulnerable day, especially when it comes to friendships. And so, we talk a little bit about how uh, tender and sensitive the subject can be for some women when it comes to selecting friends to serve in this role for this very important day. And so I want you to stay tuned for both conversations. And when you're done listening, I know you're going to have opinions. You always do. So come join us in our new private Facebook group titled The Friend Forward Podcast After Party. And tell me all the thoughts you're having because I know you have opinions. Let's get into it. This is Friend Forward, the podcast. And if you're having girl problems, we got you. I'm Danielle Bayer Jackson, a certified friendship coach, and I am here to help you through it. Before we jump in, tell us who you are and what you do.
1: My name is Jen Glantz. I am the founder of a company called Bridesmaid for Hire, where strangers hire me to be their bridesmaid. I'm the host of the podcast, You're Not Getting Any Younger, and I'm the author of a couple of nonfiction books. You
0: wrote a piece on me a couple of years ago now titled, I hired a friendship coach. Here's what happened. And I want to start by thanking you because that was one of the first big pieces of press that I'd received. And it kind of helped to validate what I do. And so to fast forward two years later, and now women are like, yeah, friendship coach. And I kind of attribute that really to that first piece that you did.
1: How are you feeling as I was kind of guiding you through these, these exercises? Yeah. I mean, I think One of the reasons why I even thought about that and wrote about that was because like most people listening, I had a really bad experience where my best friend broke up with me. And it was so so heartbreaking and emotional. And I felt like at my age or being 30, whatever, that meeting a new friend would just be so hard. And I figured I didn't even know how to make friends. Most of my friends I got from college or from going out when I was really you know, in my early 20s. So I think when I reached out to you, a big part of me was like, I have to learn these things. These are crucial things that I need in my life but also I'm a really stubborn person and I'm also really scared. So I was hesitant even when you were telling me, okay, try this, do this to actually do it. So half of me knew I needed this advice, but the other half of me was really nervous about actually putting it into motion why I think I needed you and a couple challenges because I needed that push of Jen, just put yourself out there. If you get rejected, like you said, I remember you told me like, yeah, you might get rejected, but also it's okay. Not everybody wants to be your friend, but it's okay. At least you tried kind of thing. And I needed that advice.
0: One of the things that I suggested to you was to um, put down the phone and to try to make conversation in public. Now, of course, this was, was pre-pandemic, but we know that a lot of people, especially people who are socially awkward or socially anxious, one of our avoidant behaviors is to be in our phone. You, tell me about how you approach that and what some of the outcomes were.
1: I was nervous because usually when i am out i try to avoid everyone i live in new york city that's almost what they teach you to do so for my first couple of years of living here you don't make eye contact you don't talk to people and people ask you a questions in the coffee line you ignore them and then you hear you were giving me this advice is to just look up to make eye contact to say hello to strike up conversation so initially i felt very scared to do that but i started very very small and i remember you saying that like just try really, really small conversations, just try to start doing this. And I remember after you gave me that advice, I found myself waiting in line and I would ask a person a question. It was a meaningful question that I really wanted to know or I'd be somewhere else and I would just compliment a person. You know, a lot of times I'll see a person and I'll really like their shirt or their shoes or their hair, or just think they put themselves together really well. But instead of saying anything, I'll just stare at them and let the moment pass them. And I used to think about how I loved getting compliments from people. So that was one of the things I really started to do was just compliment people and look those things didn't lead to immediate friendship but in some situations like workout classes or when I went to different actual in person classes or conferences. Those compliments did lead to, okay, we acknowledged each other, we saw each other a couple times. It led to us being acquaintances. It also allowed me to sort of push out of my comfort zone and be able to strike up conversation with anyone, which is so important when you're just out and about living your life
0: you know, sometimes we're satisfied and pat ourselves on the back with, oh, I showed up, but did you show up when you showed up? You know, so yeah, you rolled in, but if you were in the phone or you were kind of a a spectator or critic in the corner, and then you left because you were like, well, I'm not feeling them and no one engaged with me. Well, did you, give them anything interesting to work with, you know, for some of us, I've got major RBF. So I've got to work on, you know, smiling because I have to think, oh, snap, that probably looks unapproachable. And so how much are we, you know, to your point, engaging and revealing of ourselves and really practicing curiosity. So one of my pieces of advice to you, one challenge was to start to tap into the network you already have, be that uh, friends of friends or the girl you see every now and then, but you've like dismissed her in your head as a potential friend for some reason. So tell me about your experience with looking at your existing network and the things you did to like, to go deeper and to try to start to tap into and mine existing friendships.
1: I remember when you told me that, I thought, well, this is going to be awkward. You know, I almost was like, I'd rather go to the coffee shop and talk to a stranger. But you made a really good point of just sort of look around you. Who have you met at parties that maybe you met a couple of times? Or who did you meet in that workout class that you keep seeing? Or who did you hang out with from a friend of a friend that maybe could be a friend of yours? And when I started to look at that, I realized there was a lot of people. And I never reached out to them because I thought maybe I wasn't you know, allowed to be their friend because they were a friend of a friend, or maybe we were just yoga class acquaintances. So I had to drop the stories I was creating in my head. And I think that was holding me back was like, oh, I'm not going to reach out to this person because, and that because did not make sense. That because was not realistic. And when I dropped that, it was almost obvious of, hey, send this person a message. And I remember when I questioned you on that, like, really? I have to send this person a message? you were sort of like, you can start small and start liking a photo of theirs or commenting, like that's cool. And then send them a message. So don't go from zero to a hundred of, Hey, I'm Jen, let's hang out, but start just interacting with them, start showing that you care about them. And then maybe say, Hey, it'd be great to grab coffee. And I remember when I mustered up the courage to do that, the person I did it with was out of town and said, yeah, I would love to, when I get back. And it was a genuine response. We connected and it felt great because you are so right. You're always looking for new people, but what about the people in our world that we sort of overlook? And that was really cool and really important for me to realize.
0: Yeah, that's good. And what's really powerful about what you're you're saying is I, I love um, your observation of, wait a second, what, who even fed me that narrative? Oh, I would reach out to her, but we can't be friends because da, 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 da. And you told that to yourself. And it's just so interesting because I wonder how often we do that about all the things, but this is the reason I can't go talk to this person. Here's the reason why I can't message that girl, even though I think she's really cool. And here's the reason why I can't do any of these things. Um, and none of it's been verified. We fed that story to ourselves and it's totally inhibiting us from, from having these really cool connection opportunities. So I really appreciate that powerful note because I think it applies to a lot of us.
1: Yeah. And I remember when you were telling me this, I was like, but what if they don't write me back or what if they ignore it? And I feel like I was saying that so much that you were just like, what if you just tried, you know? And also like, Maybe they won't write you back because people are busy. I know people reach out to me all of the time and I see the message and I forget to respond. I wanna be their friend, I wanna hang out with them. I just forget. So I think it's like, again, even if you don't get the response you were craving, don't take it so personal because you just never know. And I think that that was something I really had to accept because I take everything so personal was that even if you reach out and they don't write back or they write back, yeah, I'd love to eventually or whatever, don't take it like the end of the world and don't let that stop you from trying again. I remember you said that to me too, is like, just keep putting yourself out there and don't take it as, you know, a rejection about you all of the time. And that was something I really had to double check.
0: Um, she might not write back at all. And that's okay. And what we have to do is start thinking, I'm a woman who reaches out to people and that's what I do. And that way we can detach the possibilities of rejection from who we are. It's just, oh yeah, well, that's the name of the game. I'm a woman who reaches out to people as opposed to, well, hold on. It depends. What are you going to say? Well, what are you going to say? It depends. What are you going to say? No, I'm a woman who reaches out to people. That's what I do. Some people say yes. Some people say no, but that's who I am. And I think sometimes rethinking it that way gives us the power back of this is, this is what I do. I like to connect with people and I don't let anything stop me, you know?
1: I want to print that on a tote bag. I want to print <laughs> that on a t-shirt. I am like writing this down because I think that's someone I want to become.
0: Totally. Yeah. We'll get some merch, Jen. We'll get some merch <laughs> for sure. Okay. So now let me ask you this. We're going in a different direction here, but I, I have to ask you this. So you are known for being a bridesmaid for hire. So I've heard about that and I don't know if there are other women who have, but I want you to expand on that a bit because I have questions for you. So what does that service even entail?
1: So it's, it's an interesting story about six years ago, I started this business where strangers hire me to be their bridesmaid, be their friend. So it's funny because how does someone who gets hired to be a friend need friendship advice, but it's different. I'm not my real self. They're hiring me to step in, to pretend to know them, to be their friend for the day. So I get to act a little bit. It's a lot easier. There's no rejection because they're paying you to be their friend. So I started this business six years ago and I'm the world's first person to do it. Strangers hire me to show up at their wedding, be their bridesmaid, be their friend, their emotional support, that person who walks down the aisle for them. And it's been awesome. I've done this hundreds of times, worked with so many incredible women all over the world.
0: Let me ask you this. What are some of the reasons women hire you?
1: Yeah. So one of the main reasons is because they don't have any close friends, which completely understand. And oftentimes that happens for so many different reasons. So it's not even something to judge. It's just, it happens. They're at a point in their life where they're getting married and they want a support system. They want a person who can step in and just be there for them. And the other side of the situation is they have a lot of friends, they have a lot of bridesmaids, but together the group is a lot, or they're a mess or a disaster, or they're causing trouble. And they need that professional to step in and just manage them, help them, be there for them, do some of the dirty work. So it's two different types of people, people who either don't have anyone in their life or people who have a lot of people in their life, but together as a whole, that group can cause a bit of trouble. So those are sort of the two main reasons. And I find that reason number one is more popular, the people who don't really have any close friends. And those are the people I usually gravitate toward. I understand, you know, I never judge, and never question. I fully get, and I really love working with them.
0: That is so interesting because, um, a lot of times when women come to me, they have this idea that their, um, issue is very unique to them. And so they're breaking it down for me. And of course, this woman as a person is definitely unique, but she doesn't know that I've heard this before. And so a couple of weeks ago, twice in one week from two different women, There were tears because, you know, we didn't sign up to talk about the subject of their wedding, but, you know, friendships bubble up a lot of things about your friendship to the surface and you're picking friends for the thing. And two women in one week talked to me about how embarrassed they felt that they didn't have enough people for their bridal party on their side. One woman said, you know, I'm embarrassed because I've convinced my fiance to have a small wedding. And I told him it's because I wanted to be intimate, but it's really because I'm not going to have as many people there as he has. But I just told him it's because, you know, I, I, I just wanted to be intimate. That's not true. And a couple of days later, don't you know, another woman said, you know, I feel like I need to start, you know, getting more friends because I'm not going to have anybody in my wedding if I already get married tomorrow. And so it's just so interesting how vulnerable we get during this time and we start to assess our circle um, because it's a very visual day. Um, And so, I mean, can you talk to me a little bit about like what you kind of see behind the scenes or any confessions brides have made to you um, about feeling like they don't have enough friends and any embarrassment or shame around that?
1: You know, people don't ever talk about this, but weddings bring out everything, they bring everything to the surface, every problem you have, every family dynamic you have, just everything. So it's very emotional it's very hard it's a lot and people don't talk about that they talk about wedding planning being so joyful and amazing but a lot of it's not and one of the things that does happen is we start to look at our lives take inventory on it and we judge ourselves by our guest list which is something that we want to avoid doing because here's the the truth as you grow up as you become even more of a human being you stop measuring how successful you are in terms of your roster of friends. And you start measuring your life in terms of how successful you are in the quality of the relationships you do have. And look, I'm somebody who, when we planned our wedding before the pandemic that got canceled, my husband's guest list had 50 friends on it. I couldn't even get to five. Mm -hmm. I couldn't even get to five. And I'm in my 30s, And I sat there thinking, wow, should I feel bad about myself? And then I looked at those five names and I said, you know what, Jen, these are five people who I love with all of my heart, who I am excited to give my time to, who have been there for me through the world's worst situations when other people walked out of my life. So even though I'm sitting there thinking, wow, he's got 50, I've got five, I'm not looking at what's wrong with my life. I'm looking at what I have done right, the life lessons I have learned, the other things that make me feel successful as a person. And I say that to anybody out there. Don't judge yourself by your list judge yourself by all of the other things that make you who you are, all of your other life experiences. And we can't compare and contrast. You know, Instagram is a lot of a lot of things. And one of the things it is, is it makes us compare our lives. So I know when I see people posting their giant bridal parties of 10 bridesmaids, I think, how did they get so many friends? But the truth is, usually after the wedding, some friendships end, or they've asked people to be a bridesmaid who aren't really their best friend. They just wanted to fill the ten. That's why people hire me. I, even for friends back in the day, I was a bridesmaid for them. We were hardly friends. So you can't really compare and contrast, but I think that's my main lesson is don't judge how you are as a person and the success of you based on your guest list
0: gosh i love that so much and and for those listening you know we've said this a couple times on the show but you know there's something uh called dunbar's number and the concept is that we really only have the mental capacity the cognitive um room to maintain 150 connections so we're talking like friends of friends or that barista you see every single day 150 now social media might have us believe otherwise because we're like what are you talking about i've got six thousand followers and it's like okay but in reality your brain 150 but if you think about that in terms of like concentric circles getting smaller and smaller inside each other, the smallest circle in the middle represents the number five, you only have space for five close people in your life and get this. If you have a romantic partner, that person takes up two of those five spaces. And so I always like to offer that so that we can have a collective sigh of relief for those of us who are like, Oh my gosh, I I don't have enough friends. How many friends is normal? What's normal. And to your point, what you just said is so true. It really is about the quality. Sometimes I also am a little suspicious of people with hashtag squad goals with 15 girls on the boat because we know that they're really only close to two or three and the others are just you know fun gals but you really are only bonding with two or three so to learn that it's really not even cognitively possible to try to maintain these deep relationships with 10 people should almost offer us all a sigh of relief of like Oh, okay. And for those of us striving to try to maintain friendships and we're tired I'm I'm trying to keep in touch with everybody. Yeah, you probably are tired because you only have so much to give. So you better get clear on who are those top three, those top five, because that's all, that's all the room you've got you know, time for. Um, And so it's just so interesting to see research match up with some of our experiences. And you saying like, well, I only have five, right? Because that's all you really have to give. And I hope if there are women listening now between hearing your story, between hearing your observations of clients you've worked with, and now pairing that with research, I hope we can all kind of, Oh, okay. I'm normal. I'm good. Yeah. You're good girl. You know? (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, and you know what? It's like, I remind myself, Jen, I'm doing the best I can. I'm not a perfect friend. I have my flaws. I know exactly what I do wrong in friendship. I work on that, but I am also doing the best I can with what I have in this moment. And that means that I only, like you said, I only have the capacity to really open up and to be there for so many people. And it's okay. Like I think we have to know that it's okay. We're all just trying to do our best. Also I've had to learn friends come in and out of your life. Not everybody is meant to stick around and stay in that core five. So when people disappear before your wedding, that's okay. You can let them go. Don't look at your wedding as something that has to be you know, sad because of that. Celebrate what you have in life and be okay with the fact that you're doing the best you can. You're being the best possible person you can on a Tuesday with what you're working with and that's okay. You're not perfect.
0: Love that. Thank you for the encouragement. Let's put that on a tote bag. Right okay? Yes. And it's, I, that's so uplifting. So tell me um, where can women follow along with you? You've said some great things today and you've got so many interesting projects going on. How can we uh, keep up with everything that you've got going on?
1: Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Jen glance. My website's jenglance.com. My podcast is you're not getting any younger and I would love to meet all of you. So thank you so much. And thanks for having me. This was a blast.
0: If you've been curious about what it would be like to hire a friendship coach and the impact it can have on your overall life, I want you to visit betterfemalefriendships.com to get more information. You can also follow along with us on Instagram at friendforward or come and follow all of our videos on TikTok at the friendship expert. Remember, I am here for you, always rooting for you on your ongoing journey toward better female friendships.